You're listening to the Talking True Hoops podcast with Robert Schlatter and Nick Baravales. You're one stop for what it is in the NBA today. Welcome again to another episode of the Talking True Hoops podcast here with Robert Schlatter and Nicholas Paravalos. Nick, we're getting into some more NBA action for, I believe it's week eight already of the NBA season to, to recap this week. We got some good news, Nick. You ready to go here? I'm ready to jump right in. Let's get it going. Let's get it going. So we're going to start with, uh, there's been a lot of talk around the Oklahoma City Thunder and whether or not, you know, with their struggles... Should uh, they make a change in the starting lineup, Nick? And that 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 revolves around the newly acquired player from the New York Knicks. Hell no! Hell no! Hell no! That's what I say too. They yeah, right? they gotta just. I I don't. They're saying, oh, we gotta start and take Melo away from the starting lineup and put him to the bench. Ties up to starting at the four or even coming <clears throat> off of the bench. And the second question is. Who me? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that answers that part. I, I mean, I don't know where that started, where that came from. <laughs> hey, Pete, they said I got to come off the bench. Are you going to put in the starting? Exactly. This is, where, this is where I'm going. It's like, oh, we got to make a change because the starting lineup is the problem. First of all, the starting lineup is not the issue because if you look at what the Oklahoma City Thunder have been able to do with that starting lineup, they're fine. They've been coming out – scoring a bunch of points, and the problem is is with the rest of, the, of the, the second, third, and fourth quarter is being able to hold leads, and they just can't do that with the way it's going. And Mello, when asked about it, <clears throat> he said what you said, if you want to say it again one more time. Hell no. Hell no. He's, he, when a reporter asked, uh, what, what do you think about if, you know, we put you, if they maybe switched you to the bench? And Melo had the perfect response to him because this isn't an issue. It's an issue, of course, with the players to play well, but I think it's really an issue with Billy Donovan trying. He has to figure out what the hell to do in the, with the three stars. I would Sh- agree. Should would he agree. put Russell Westbrook in by himself after – uh, seven minutes in the quarter. When seven minutes into the quarter, should they keep just Russell Westbrook on there and take Paul George and Carmelo out, give them a rest, and then bring them back in, take Westbrook out? They just got to figure it out some way, Nick. I it, putting putting Melo on the bench is just a stupid thing at this point because the man still gets you twenty points a game. Yeah, you know it's that it's that everyone wants to point the finger to Melo. Exactly, and you know what? It's not his fault. You know, the comparison that I would say to Melo's a uh, hell no would be when they asked Allen Iverson. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice right? right now. It's easy to sum it up when you just talk about practice. We sitting here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice is that that's a, that's what I would relate it to but the main the main problem in Oklahoma City is Billy Donovan's um minute allocations yeah definitely because and, and his system they've mm-hmm. been, they play the most ISO basketball in the whole NBA which is not good yeah and I think too <clears throat> when when you're like oh when it gets down to the fourth quarter I think they'll really figure it out in the fourth quarter with the ISO ball because Especially because we said this team is really built for the playoffs, and we still really believe that they're going to get into the playoffs, and I think that they're going to be fine. This, all this, you know, talk. Even when the talk started with the Cavs, look at how well they're rolling right now. So it's just a bunch of a garbage to listen to. I don't like the ISO basketball, but the ISO basketball. The thing with the ISO basketball, Nick, especially when I see it with the Oklahoma City and regular season, yeah, it makes sense to point the fingers 
at, at guys for ISO ball. But I remember I was listening to the pregame on uh, ESPN, and Paul Pierce made the perfect point. He's like, ISO ball in the playoffs is what can win you games. Because what happens when the you can have the perfect passing that you have, and you can move the ball really well, set have really good set plays, but what happens if you run into a really good defense like the Golden State Warriors and the San Antonio Spurs, and they lock you down? What are you going to do? You need a guy that can take the ball and say, Mello, get me a bucket. Paul George, get me a bucket. Russell Westbrook, get me a bucket. And those guys can do that in those situations. And they've shown in, in the games that they have won, it's they've the iso ball has killed them, and it's really helped them. And I think in the postseason specifically, I think it, they'll be fine. But right now, for to look at these struggles and be like, oh, we got to point the finger at Mello, and we got to put him on the bench. If you look at it too, I really think honestly the Knicks ruined his image. That's really what I think happened here, and they just everyone likes to point the finger. The team is. The, the Oklahoma City, and everyone's like, oh, he can't play defense. He's not a team player. The team is third in defensive efficiency. So clearly they're doing something correct. Yeah, and Melo can be a part of a good defensive team. Defensively, they're actually really good. Because yes. you've got Westbrook, who's a decent defender. He's okay. Then you have Paul, Paul George. George, who's leading the league in steals, I believe. Robertson just in there to play defense. Yeah. And, and the- Steven Adams is good on defense as well. Yeah, and I think that people are just pointing the fingers. And Melo's not bad on and defense. And he's no. He, when he wants to when play. When he wants to, and when he has players around him. He came out with a statement that said, oh, now I have guys where I don't have to shoulder the load of going out and getting 20 and 30-point games, unlike when he was with the garbage Knicks last year and the still garbage Knicks this year. They stink! So... To put it all on Melo, and like really, you gotta also point the fingers at Paul George and Russell Westbrook, and look at like Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, they're playing well right now, but they fall into that ISO ball the same way, of course that that uh, that Carmelo Anthony does. That Carmelo Anthony does, and looking at it, it's like Russell Westbrook. You're supposed to. I think what really needs to happen is Russell Westbrook needs to take over and play the way he did last year and not be because he's kind of I feel like he's getting in his own head a little bit and thinking oh I need to do more in other facets of the game and do all this and he's just putting too much pressure on himself and I think that he just needs to go out there and play his game the same way he did last year and he'll be fine because that MVP Russell Westbrook is what the Oklahoma City Thunder need. Yeah, listen, uh, Oklahoma City, they'll, they'll be fine once again. I feel like we keep making that claim, and I'm going to stick by it. They have enough talent to get them to where they need to go. The ISO basketball, it only takes you so far, in my opinion. I, it comes down to that who can make that extra pass, I feel like, yeah. to win to win games in the playoffs as well. You could see that with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I completely Even agree the Ca- with that. Cleveland Cavaliers, they share the basketball very well. Um and the thing that I think the Oklahoma City Thunder is lacking, I wouldn't point fingers to Melo specifically. I would say they need an extra scorer off the bench that they don't have. So so I, they need to go out there and they got to make a trade for yeah, somebody. I think so too, but it, it's just so stupid because the fact that people just don't like Melo in general. Like there's it's there's a way more people that don't like him than do. The and that I it's just it doesn't make sense. Like obviously he was surrounded terribly with that Knicks team ever since the trade. They should have never traded for him. Jim Dolan should have never forced that trade. And now he finally has talent around him. And, yeah, they've been off to a rough start. But he finally has players around him that can help. And now it's just it's going to be a slow process, and there's going to be growing pains with it. 
But people all of a sudden just like, oh, we got to put him on the bench for no reason. Just because they don't really they, – they look at him as the third fiddle, which he pretty much is. Rob, Rob, you're talking a lot with your heart because you, you love Melo. Melo's the boy, but really, like, it's kind of annoying because it's the same thing that just goes on with – Dude, he's a with, professional. No, he's got to handle it, it's just and he'll N- get through when no, they start winning. Exactly, but it's just the NBA media, too. It's it's not only – it's it goes along it's, with our – It's media and everything, well, though. But it goes along with our next topic, which we'll wait to talk about, and you'll you'll see what I mean here. But it's just like they like, oh, they can't wait to push these guys out the door and just kind of sprinkle a little of what they believe and what – I'm not pointing fingers at whatever media markets, but they, they just – they continue to just bash these guys for no reason because they just feel like, oh, you know, they kind of look like they're on the down low. And it's it's like 15 games in – well, we're more than 15 games in the season, but close to like 30 games in the season and – it's it's way too early to judge this stuff. Listen, we can talk about it, but it doesn't really mean anything until there's a larger sample size. Literally, but like the media, that's their job. They try to do that. Yeah. They try to make stories, but but at the end of the day, it is not Melo's fault. But we don't can you both think agree it, on that? Yeah, no, I do. Okay. But don't you kind of get the feeling that it's like it's a bit too much to stretch to kind of build these stories that well, are just... Well, when teams start losing games, they always point fingers. How about when, when Cleveland was losing games in the Exactly. The that's the, the point I made, and it's okay. just stupid. But talking about Cleveland, the next topic that I also believe that this man gets too much trash, even though he's a three-time NBA champion. Flash. Flash. Flash! Dwayne Wade, people are thinking he's going to be uh, the sixth man of the year already. He's made uh, some really good good uh, strides through the season with the Ca- uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. He's coming off the bench now. And uh, LeBron was asked, which, this is kind of like the interesting point of the story that we have here. When LeBron was asked about the reaction to Dwayne Wade actually joining the team, he said there was a, there was a couple guys with it, but there wasn't a lot. I still know what he's capable of doing. Why wouldn't you want to have a guy in the locker room that brings a championship mentality and a guy who can still play? So, of course, it bothered me. But F it. It is what it is. So, Dwayne Wade, since being switched to the bench, has been averaging 12.1 points, 4.2 rebounds, 4 assists, and 1.1 steals in about 24 minutes. I mean, I would say it's kind of early to to judge of whether or not he's sixth man of the year, but it's clearly made a huge difference for Cleveland now being on a, what is it? I believe it's 11 or 12 game winning streak right now. Yeah, you can't judge sixth man from right now. Mm-hmm. Plus, no. plus Dwayne Wade, yeah, I don't think he fit into that starting lineup. With yeah, Le- cause, because him and Rose aren't three point shooters, and LeBron needs the guy. He that needs can three kick. point shooters. Yeah, and I think. With Wade to play with that second unit, he's kind of like that's he, his team. The second unit is his exactly, boys, you know? and like I kind of look at it the way that LeBron is with the starting lineup. Obviously, Dwayne Wade isn't what LeBron James is, but he plays a similar style of basketball to LeBron. At, of course, at a smaller frame and not as amazing as LeBron, but he does. And, and for the second unit, it's really beneficial to have a guy that's really his basketball IQ is probably. One of, if not the best in the league, in my opinion. Like, Dwayne Wade gets buckets and has forever gotten buckets wherever he's gone. So it's really good for the Cavs, and that's that's honestly why I believe they've gone on such a streak right now. Of course, LeBron's playing at an MVP level. Yeah, I like like Wade off the bench. I think he helps the the second unit as well as 
his deduction from the starting lineup actually helped the starting lineup. Yeah. If that if that kind of makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, so and once again, I mean, the oh, is Dwayne Wade done? Does he is he completely gone? Is should should the Cavs just not even bother with him? And it's like, oh, look at that. Already, what are we? Close to thirty games in the season. You guys are already yeah. writing him off, and now he's showing you guys up and showing you why he's an all-time great third best shooting guard in NBA history, ladies and gentlemen. Right. No debate. No debate, Nick. No. No. Okay. Good. Just, so, just checking on that. Yeah. So <laughs> Dwayne Wade. I also think that when he's talking about guys that do not like, they didn't want him on the team. LeBron's referencing people. J.R. Smith. It, I wouldn't say Jr. I'm. I'm. I think Shumpert. Either one of those two. One it, of them. I, they need. They actually need to trade one of them. Dude, they need to get rid of both of them. Okay, J.R. Smith. Did you hear at the beginning of the year when he was at? He was like, "Yo, I was kind of ticked off when I got moved to the bench." It's like, uh, okay, let's look at the. Would I rather have J.R. Smith or Dwayne Wade? Whatever fits the system. Hmm. Well, obviously now it's working out, but is J.R. really having that much of a real? impact or is it just kind of like lebron i mean he's a three-point shooter and that's what they need in the lineup but kyle corver's made a really good impact too with that team so i mean jay i I look at jr smith and amon shumpert yeah those two guys but shumpert's now out with a he's hurt i think it's a knee injury it is but he's gone now so for a while so i mean just i definitely see it as like jr smith i I don't really but that team's a full veterans which is kind of surprising that he LeBron saying it's a majority of the guys, or maybe it's just LeBron saying, "Let me try and yeah, some you know stuff what he does and, that stuff." And but Le- I respect LeBron protecting his bro. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've been been through a lot together, of course, in Miami. So, I mean, it makes sense for him to defend him. Yeah, Jr. I'm surprised about Jr. because I remember, no. I remember. No. Wait, listen, no, listen, no surprise. Years back when J- when um they were talking about Chris Paul, Melo, James, Wade teaming up, Jr. was like, I want a spot on that team. Yeah, Jr. Smith is still the player that he was in Denver. That he was in New York. Just he's just like I'm gonna play when I want to play. If it doesn't work out for me, I'm gonna cry about it and then when he won the championship where cleveland it was like, we love you jr you're so good it's like nah he's still at heart mm. he can play but when when you take him away from playing with lebron james and he faces a little adversity jr has a jr has some trouble for sure JR has some trouble you want to move on to the next topic yeah let's move on to the la clippers and they continue to struggle <laughs> it's tough they man. gotta they gotta blow it up there that's my opinion there blake griffin down for two months you know patrick beverly out for the year MCL sprain MCL and out for about two months for Blake Griffin. Not looking good in LA. For such a promising organization a couple years ago, right down the hill. So it, you know, to, it shows how much Chris Paul influenced the Clippers. Oh, yeah, when he was sure. on that team, he helped them out tremendously. So that's what that's what it shows. Like um, eight good and f- players. Eight and fourteen with a three sixty four winning percentage. They're just. Not not playing well, and they've just shown. I mean, DeAndre Jordan is pretty much the best player on that team, and he's over, not that good. And he's not. He has he no offensive game. Yeah, he can't play for himself really. And I'm not even like this incident happened a while. It goes with the Blake Griffin thing, and it kind of just goes along with what Doc Rivers. I think Doc Rivers is outstate is welcome there, and he's got. He has and, to get and, fired. I don't know. Maybe you know next year. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't explain it. You know, I, we tried, you know. 
I mean, you know, it's not Blake's fault. It's not Blake's fault. It's not on Blake. It's on all of us. Has to get fired. He has, has way, to. way too much control over that team. When Doc Rivers, he's not even that good of a coach. But, but let me tell you the story that what happened. So with the Blake Griffin, if you guys saw it on, I believe it was a, no, nah, it wasn't a TNT game. I, I don't know. You probably saw it on social media or whatever. But <clears throat> Blake Griffin, he, go, I, I think it was a loose ball. Yeah, it was a loose ball off a rebound or a deflection or whatever. And Blake was going for the ball, and then Lonzo Ball, of course, you got to have the the big baller brand involved. So yep, always Lon- his fault. Lonzo was going in for the ball. And it was kind of like along the same side of where Blake's leg got injured. But Lonzo was going for the ball completely. Like, he was going for the ball. He wasn't really close to his leg. I think he maybe touched it a little bit. But then, of course, it plays into what what the story is. Doc Rivers' kid, Austin Rivers, is the one who falls on his leg going late in to go for the ball. And you see Blake's face, and he's like, oh, my God, like, ow. And it it looked really painful. And it's just like... And Doc Rivers came out, and he's like, oh, it said it was a bit of Lonzo, you know, kind of not, you know, obviously saying that it's Lonzo's fault, but he was hinting at it that it was like, oh, Lonzo, you know. Yeah, kind of blame the guy that's easy to blame for, but, you know. But it's like, Doc Rivers, you st- outstayed your welcome completely. I blame it on the the reason that him and uh, Chris Paul had the fallout and the reason Chris Paul left was because they had an opportunity to pull a trade for Chris Paul's buddy Mello, the Banana Boat Brothers. But he didn't want to pull and on his. They son. didn't, didn't want, want to put Austin Rivers in this in the package. So it's just, Doc Rivers has to go. Has to not, go. Not, not. I mean, he's a good coach. I don't think so. He's better than a good amount of the coaches in the league, but yeah, he's better than a good amount. He had of coaches, them consistent, but. but they did have really good players. But now, without CP3 and a playmaker, and losing Patrick Beverly, he was an okay playmaker. Lou Williams isn't really going to do he, much for you. I'm pretty sure he, pass Doc him. Rivers is the only coach in NBA history to lose multiple three-one leads in the playoffs. Which ones are those? He the, lost one with the Clippers against Houston. Okay, I remember that one. And he lost one with Boston. Three-one. Oh, Look at that. That's he, a good he, stat. He he is. The choke artist? I wouldn't say that, but the reason why he won in 08 with the Celtics was he had some phenomenal players KG, on that team. Paul Pierce. And they were the first to have Graham. the super team. Yeah, exactly. So they were going up against lesser competition, hey, in my man, opinion. I, yeah, the really Lakers. I respect yet. the Lakers in 08. They were decent, but they weren't in comparison to Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. Rajon Rondo was playing them. Oh, Playoff Rondo is a different animal. Yeah, he is a different animal. All right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I. You could say what you want about Doc as a coach. I mean, I take those points really, you know, those are those are some interesting points he made, and they're valid. But he's just got to go. And I feel Steve Ballmer's got to – you got to go ahead and pull and pull the plug on the on the Clippers and their little system. You got to just reboot it. The, so. the, the Clippers are unfortunate. They've had a lot of injuries. I will give them that. Yeah. You know, I will give Doc Rivers that, that he has suffered tremendous. Tedovich is out. You know, Griffin's out now. Beverly's out. Gallo's out. Yeah. So you know, his he's Gallo. playing with de- he's playing with a depleted lineup. But still, the man needs to he needs to get fired just to switch up the atmosphere in. Mm-hmm. For LA. sure, for sure. Okay, we're gonna move on to the next topic. But real quick, we're just gonna mention our social media and just to remind you guys listening on iTunes or YouTube to subscribe. We're at Talking True Hoops on instagram and twitter definitely hit us up if you guys want to say what topics to discuss any social media interaction would be fantastic that's once again at talking true hoops and just hit us up on the social media we post good good news about the nba and everything like that 
So we'll move on to the next topic. A, a team that has a little bit of UConn sprinkled in with it. The um, Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, I just want to make this real quick. Cardiac Kemba. I just want to make this real quick. Doc Rivers has a nine series blown leads. That's number one in the NBA. Really? Yes. So. Wow. Very overrated. <laughs> that's that's crazy. But yeah, let's go on to Charlotte. Uh-huh. Michael Jordan's wow. team. Wow. Yeah. So they've been struggling a little bit. Um, they are eight and thirteen. They are. I think they're tied for about like. 11th or 12th, it looks like, on the Eastern Conference rankings. Still early, though. Dwight Howard's been playing really well, except for, you know, one inappropriate gesture that he got fined 35K for. Still Dwight being Dwight. A little immaturity there. I don't know what's happened. I mean, he's balling out. Like, he's still a really good player, but something's just not, I don't know, something's just not right with like with Dwight Howard. I don't know. He just he may he, just uh, rub people the wrong way or something. That was just he the gets... guy that's he's gonna have his own uh donkey ranch, right? When he <sighs> he retired. I think he bought one recently. Yeah, no no no. Is it him? I think it was Dwight Howard. You should look that up while we're Yeah, while he's we're all over the place that way. He's, he's a fool. He's I, a clown. He is. I <laughs> but he's he's been playing well. You can't deny that. They're just basically middle of the pack if you look at that where they're ranked. Uh, 16th in points per game, 16th in defensive efficiency, third in rebounds, which is big because of they the fact that they have Dwight Howard. Um, hopefully he doesn't get injured. I think that's usually what happens with Dwight. He didn't really have too much injury issues with Atlanta. That's why they kind of had a really solid season last year. But basically they're just a middle-of-the-pack team. I think that they are going to end up with the teams that are in the playoff picture right now. Oh. It is It is a it is a donkey ring. It is, with it is a donkey Howard. farm. Yes, yeah, 700 farm. anchor. Donkey. <laughs> so when that's, he retires, he's got it. That's mad funny. Yep. Oh, oh my God. So Dwight my, Howard. I'll, ju- I'll jump in on what I think of the Hornets. Go ahead. So the Hornets, they have some decent players, obviously, with Kemba, Batum, Howard. Batum and just Jeremy got back, Lamb. too. Yes. Oh, no, he didn't just get back. They got like two, three weeks ago. They got decent players. That's wild. But they're a team that's not going to contend. They're middle of the pack. So they could what's sneak the, into a playoff. Yes, I mean, they could sneak into the playoff, but they're not going to make any runs. What's the point of being middle of the pack? Well, honestly, if you look at the playoff picture right now, it's like the Celtics, Cavs, Toronto. This is the order of the Detroit standard. bad boys. Detroit Pistons bad, which you did say they would do well. So I said they're good this I'll year. I'll give you credit good. on that. The Sixers, who I'm a huge fan of. I love watching the Sixers. They are a fun team to watch. Milwaukee, Washington. And then, honestly, I think those seven that you have right there, and then the eighth seed is the Pacers. Honestly, the rest of those teams that are below them, the Knicks, which isn't going to happen, Miami, which I think could sneak in there, Orlando and Charlotte, those teams, are, I think, are going to be competing for the eighth spot. And then the seven, the one through seven, I think, is honestly kind of locked up unless some kind of someone goes on a run or something. Yeah, I think something. the one through seven should stay that way. Yeah, so um, it really hurts the – Hornets also because Kemba has been having shoulder issues, so that's kind of tough to see. But Kemba's Kemba's a really good player, and they just got to kind of get themselves in a groove, which I think they will, and they'll kind of – then there will be a fight for that eighth seed, I believe, and they could make a run. But they're just middle of the pack right now, and Dwight – Dwight's playing well, you know, but he's still – he's still just kind of off with Dwight Howard. Something's just not right with him. I don't know. You got to get that – I mean, the man bought a donkey farm. Like, I don't know. I don't know how that affects his play, Rob. I don't know, but that just, uh, that he's, just... Does that not say something about the man's personality? Yeah, you know, he's always had issues with teammates. I'm not going to judge too drama much, but and this I don't know. And that. You guys could take it the way you want, but, I mean, the fact that he, the man... I don't know. Charlotte Hornets, they need a... Either either they got to go... They got to buy in. 
they got to get another player or they just got to, once again, trade everybody away, like I was saying for the Clippers. Mike Jordan, you got to get on that, dude. Yep. Let's move on to the Pacers. Biggest surprise in the East right now. I'd say so. Victor Oladipo. Balling stud, got him on out. the squad, fantasy squad. He's a stud. Balling out. We're not going to say, well, I'll just put this in there. He's not one of our stu- or Nick's studs this week, but he should. He is yes, a stud. He, he, he is, is a stud. stud. He, I, I think low-key, the, the, I think he's one of the newer all-stars this year. Is he most improved Con- of the year? Is yes. this early convos yes. right here? Most improved? Yes. Award goes to Victor Oladipo? I believe so. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. We'll see what the season holds, but, you know, the man's been balling out. Yeah, he's been carrying. They have. So, wait, let's pull up his stats real quick. Let's you just got, go. You gotta look, well, hold on. you got to look at the difference in his stats. I'm, I'm sorry to, to cut you off here, but you got to, like, look at how much better he is playing. So, this year, he's averaging – oh, is that the sound? Sorry, that was the sound in an ad. Okay. So, he's averaging 23.4 points per game as opposed to his career where he's averaging 16.4. Four, he's a little up on the turnovers, but that takes it when you're a required to play more and be the focal point. And he's averaging four more uh, four assists as opposed to three point seven, so around there. Uh, five rebounds to four point four of what he had last year, and I believe his shooting percentage is up to about forty seven percent from forty three. So the scoring is the bigger kind of aspect of of his stats that is kind of what's helping him be seen as a better player this year. But overall, his game is slowly increasing, and he's really helping Indiana because they are in the eighth seed. They're seventh in points per game, seventh in assists. Why Why has he been balling out? Because he's, he's the, back no, in Indiana. He's back in Indiana, and he's the right? number one guy. He's a superstar. At, at superstar. Superstar. <laughs> Got a little uh, choked up over there. There you go. He's superstar. a superstar at the University of Indiana. Who's your nation? You know, yeah. he, he, he walks around that campus probably, and he's the man still. I actually saw an interview with him, and they asked him, they're like, they're like, yo, uh, I think it was on Jesus and Mero, if you guys listen to that. They were doing an uh, interview with him. They're like, yo, do you ever go hit up the, the Indiana spot anymore? Is it popping? He's like, nope, Indiana is not popping. I go on my road trips and find the club <laughs> and stuff. So he's not – I don't know about Indiana. But he is the big man on campus as in Indiana, which is, I don't know, playing as his campus, the big – um, basketball town or city over there. So I mean, big step last year, you know. Firing yeah, big. Of, uh, what's his name? Larry Bird. No, they fired their coach oh, in no. the end of the university. It's all right. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> but the but yeah. the Pacers, you know, they've been balling. Let's see if they can keep it up though with a very young team. Yeah, Larry Bird left. That's what happened. Yes. But, okay. One more time, we're gonna mention our social media to subscribe to us on iTunes and YouTube. Always gotta put it in there, and uh, also. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Talking True Hoops, and definitely hit us with the the likes and the, the follow. That would be greatly appreciated to voice your opinion as well. To send us some stuff that you may want to hear be talked about on the Talking True Hoops podcast. Nick, it's that time. Let's get it. All right, here's Nick with this week's fantasy studs and bums. Fantasy stud and bum of the week. Let's go studs this week. You know we got a man. You know, people are going to say, you know, big surprise. He's a big-time dunker, this and that. Nope, Aaron Gordon, stud. The man has been balling out, you know, last couple games, 16-6. 40 points, 15 rebounds versus Oklahoma City, 29-7 and versus Golden State. You know, he had 10 against the Knicks, but the Knicks, you know, 
I don't know what to say about that game. But guess what? The man has <laughs> expanded. He has game. expanded his range from just dunking, being that athletic guy. He's got a nice little mid-range. This is what you wanted to see from Aaron Gordon developing his game out of Arizona. Very good selection by Orlando. It's panning out to be. Seems like it. Still young. Still young. Still young, and he's been improving each season. So you gotta, yeah. You Aaron like Gordon, that? Yeah, he's a good. St- he's a good stud. Not as good let's as, go. Not as good as Victor Oladipo. But, no, well, you know. You know. He's Next a good one. one. He's a good Next coach. one. Yep. Tobias Harris. You know, Rob doubted me in the first podcast this year. Well, that's because I, uh, Tobias Harris. I had him on my team last year. I'm sa- yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantasy wise, you know, but he's a he's been scoring now. The page once again. The Detroit Bad Boys are back, and he's balling out. All right. He had last couple games: 31, 20, 15, 27. He's getting buckets, Rob. He is getting buckets. And you know what else he's getting? Boards. He's bounding and astounding with eight, seven, two, seven. Forget about the two, but the sevens. Come on. Yeah, I mean he's That's good for he's him. He's playing really well. The Detroit Pistons are just playing overall really well. So he's a definitely a guy that's if you got him on your squad and maybe if I wouldn't go as far to say you should trade for him, but he's a solid option. Solid option. That's, I think he's a good stud though. He's I, I like him. Stud. Let's switch it over. Let's go bum 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 bums. Bums. Bums, bunch of bums. You know, the man. The man that I used to love in Brooklyn, Brook Lopez, he is officially a bum. I, think, I thought, you know, initially heading into the season, Lonzo Ball would find him at the three-point range. He'd be getting buckets. And now, last couple of games, four, last four games, five points, six points, 15, 10. That's, that's not the Brook let me throw Lopez a spin we know zone. Let me, let me throw a spin zone at you. Do you think that the difference in the Los Angeles nightlife may have gotten a Brook over the Brooklyn nightlife? I I do not think so because he would take the trip right into Manhattan. Plus, if you know Brook Lopez, Brook Lopez is a big-time nerd. Nerd! I don't know if you knew this, but the man has, he loves his comic books. He likes staying in and reading. He was, he was, he was an English major at Stanford. Oh, oh yeah, you went to Stanford. Yeah, he's an LA guy first. It's not like he went to Kentucky or, you know, one of the I don't know. He's from L.A. too. He's from California. Oh, he is? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I don't think the nightlife in L.A. has changed him. I think the system. You think he's maybe kind of sitting back and saying, oh, okay. No, they're just not finding him. L.A., they got to start giving him the ball. Give him in the post. The man is the best post play. He has the best post moves in the NBA. No longer. Joel Embiid is in the league. I I don't know about that. Brooke Lopez is crafty down low. Joel Embiid is the... The new resurrection of Akeem Olajuwon in the post. And I completely stand behind that statement. Even though he's nowhere near as good as Akeem Olajuwon, he's he's got Hakeem Olajuwon-esque moves. Okay. But Brook Lopez is a bum, but he do, he's a good post player. They got to get know, him the ball. You more. know Lopez is not going to get you those rebounds as well. You know, he's putting up one one five five in the last four games in rebounds. Wow. Larry, that is, is Larry Nance just stealing them all from him, I guess, maybe? Who I wouldn't know what to oh, tell Julius you. Julius Randle? Yeah, I guess. I don't, I don't know, know what to tell you. He's a bum. Next know. bum, Kent Bazemore. We were very high on this guy coming into the year. Yeah, I'm still high on him. It's, it's I'm, just, I it's agree. A, it's a rough stretch. I agree. With the last, like, I have the last five games pulled up, you know, point totals, Rebounding totals, he's been fine with five, five, seven, four, four. That's pretty. That's pretty decent. Averaging out around like five rebounds per game. Yeah. Assist wise, you know, he's had ups and downs of like usually he get like either one or six. So you you never know what you're getting there. Points wise, he's been disappointing me, especially because you know the Hawks don't have that many players that you think are gonna go out there and get buckets. But so he has five, fourteen, eleven, three, and seven. That is that's not 
not good not for really him. what you expect from Bazemore being like basically then I'd say the number one scoring option besides Schroeder. Yeah, he's he. Listen, this is what I will say about Kent Bazemore. He's a bum right now. So if you want to trade for him, because there's going to be an uprise in his game. So it's called buy low, sell high. Yeah. Anything you do. So Kent Bazemore buy low. You're going to sell him high, especially exactly. because. I have a feeling Kent Bazemore will get traded by the end of the year to a contender because he could contribute defensively yeah, and true. offensively in yeah, the corner. Atlanta may want to pull that move. So, no, yeah, they definitely Bazemore, will. I think Bazemore will be back on the on the up and up. But, yeah, those are uh, your studs and bums of the week, Nick. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's our, that's our, that's our show for this week of the Talking True Hoops podcast. Be sure, once again, we'll say it again, to subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a rate and review. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Definitely comment below. Follow us on our social media, at Talking True Hoops, on both Twitter and Instagram. Nick, you want to say goodbye to the people? Yeah, I will say bye to the loyal listeners. Have a good week. Let's get it going this week. Yeah, so hopefully you guys <laughs> hopefully you guys have a good uh, fantasy week. Thank you again for listening to the Talking True Hoops podcast with Robert Schlatter and Nicholas Parabolos. Be sure to subscribe, like everything, share, do all that. Thank you very much for listening. See you next week. You're listening to the Talking True Hoops podcast with Robert Schlatter and Nick Parabolos. Your stop for slam dunk basketball talk. Be sure to follow the podcast on social media at Talking True Hoops on Twitter and Instagram. And feel free to send in your opinions or questions about the NBA.